Not pictured on every map, out in the Pacific Ocean are a group of tiny islands divided into three subregions, Melanesia, Micronesia, and Polynesia. Within the Polynesian subregion is a group of islands that together form American Samoa, a territory of the United States. While officially a territory of the United States, American Samoa's government operates independently with Samoan values, traditions, and practices in place. However, when schools cannot be considered a safe environment due to broken chairs and desks, hospitals are understaffed and under-equipped, running out of rooms to care for patients, and the population of only 55,000 is experiencing a growing drug epidemic, one cannot help but to look at American Samoa's leadership and ask, what are they doing to help the community? And considering that these problems have only been growing over the years among such a small community and under different leadership, why have we not seen change for the better? Shouldn't a government that is culturally in tune with its people be most advantageous to the people? In my analysis of Samoan culture in American Samoa government, I contemplate these questions through my interviews with Jacqueline Tuyasosopo Matau, granddaughter of High Orator Chief Mariota Tuyasosopo I, the co-founder of the American Samoa legislature known as the Fono, Dr. Tapa'au Daniel Anga, the Director of the Office of Political Status, Constitutional Review, and Federal Relations, Chief Tawaisafune Niualama Taifane, Executive Director of America Samoa Humanities Council, and Dr. Tevitsa Kaili, Professor of Cultural Anthropology and Dean of the Faculty of Culture, Language, and Performing Arts at BYU Hawaii. Dr. Kaili also formulated the Tava theory that I'll get into in this podcast with anthropologist Dr. Mahina. We'll start from the beginning. Prior to the incorporation of the U.S. government in American Samoa, Samoans had their own form of government, which is the chief system. In Samoan, the Matai system. Dr. Tapa'au defines the term and begins to describe the position of the Matai. Matai is typically translated as chief, mm -hmm. but they're not chiefs in the same way of uh, 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 Native American chiefs or African chiefs. Mm -hmm. um, for example, in the European tradition, the oldest son, the first son, becomes the next king, right? right. Primogeniture. In the Samoan tradition, the next head Matai is selected based on the will of the family, the collective will or the consensus of the family. Mm -hmm. Okay? It's not automatic for anyone. Chief Tawai Safune further describes the makings of a good matai and the kinds of matai. And these matais do not all have the same rank. They have different uh, salutations and different responsibilities, different levels of responsibilities. So... The Ali'is are the high chiefs, and they are like the governor in the family, right? And then the talking chiefs, the high talking chiefs now. There's a high chief, high talking chief, and then you have the chiefs underneath. So these are the chiefs I'm calling serving chiefs. They have to make sure they select somebody that knows the story, the history of the family, yeah. in, that knows the genealogy of the family. They also need to decide on somebody, on somebody who is very fluent 
and literate on the Samoan language mm -hmm. because the high-talking chief is going to be the one to represent their voice in this phono. When the village get together and have a village council meeting, it's the high-talking chief that will present their um, decision, their ideas, and their concerns, what the problems they see in the village is. Uh, it's the high-talking chief because everybody's not going to get a chance to talk. But during the meeting, when there is a problem, mm -hmm. you know, an issue that's causing um, argument with, within the village chiefs, the high chief will be the one to bring in peace, peace and prosperity to end any issue that is problematic in the discussion. Mrs. Matau explains that the Matai system was the way Samoans originally governed themselves. Before the U.S. even came into the picture or anything else from outside, mm -hmm. they've been that is how Samoans have been living their, their life. It's, 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 they, it goes all the way to the district where they, they, they discuss things for the entire Samoan race, for the entire Sa American Samoa. Mm -hmm. And it was... It was, it was, they didn't have a lot because they were closed in just, you know, just us. They didn't have anything from the outside coming in mm -hmm. or any kind of influence. And I, I think um, with what I've read and I've known, it was, it was really good for them, them those days. Things were too, were so simple. Life was simple, even with their, uh, you know, the rules and the regulations they had those times trying to, to, um, you know, control everybody and make sure everybody takes, is taken care of. Things were so simple. The simplicity of life and governance in American Samoa generally had to do with the fact that it was just them, just Samoans. But when American Samoa became a territory, being under new influence and new leadership disrupted and created confusion about a lot of what was already in place, especially the Matai system. However, High Orator Chief Mariota Tiososopo I, known as the father of the modern Fono, was adamant that Samoan culture and language does not get lost in the island's new position as a U.S. territory. When the outside started coming into American Samoa, they, they, they brought a lot of good, uh, good things. And at the same time, they brought some not-so-good stuff. And Grandpa knew that. So that's why when, when he wanted to do the... Uh, to to get into the legislature and then and, and uh, he made he wanted to make sure that all the Samoans are seating mm. are, are are you know taking up the seats in the in the first legislature D during those times you know we were I don't simple people simple people so so our our women were like wearing just lava lavas or something that will cover this the um, you know their stomach going down, but mm -hmm. most of the time they were just walking around with their, you know, um, nude on top. When the outside influence started coming in, mm -hmm. and remember, when they came in, they knew, they saw that, and they knew there was money here. Women walking around, you know, bare on top, is, 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 they knew what it was that they could use and manipulate it in when they take it home to make money. The Fasa Moa, we, 
there's a lot of respect for for our way of life and for for you and your wife, the male and the female, there's there was so much respect. But even with that, with the women walking around with you know with no tops bare, the the respect was still there for women. There was there was there was no taking pictures. They didn't have those the you know them taking pictures and selling it off island with you know like yeah. like the porn stuff and all those stuff they do in, in, in there so there was stuff there was nothing like that here but when when they came here and they saw all that and they took advantage of it so they had some one girls uh dressed up with with nice lava lavas they put stuff on their hair and they took pictures of them with you know and then they took it home and come on they didn't take it home just to put on the on I knew they 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 did more to it. They got money out of it. They took it. They took it. They they. It was a simple, innocent photo to to the minds of the Salmon people. Mm-hmm. But when they took it to to their part of the world, that wasn't the case. So Grandpa saw off that, and he didn't like it. The term Fasamwa refers to the Samoan way of life. The Samoan way. While many other Samoans were fascinated with the U.S. Americans and what they brought. High Orator Chief Tsuyasu Sopo was not. The exploitation of Samoan women as described by Mrs. Matau was just one of the things he witnessed that drove him to lead the movement of putting Samoan culture in government and Samoan people in leadership positions. He was all for protecting the Samoan people and that was one of the things he didn't like. He saw that they came with their cameras and all that stuff, and they saw that, and they took pictures, and they took it with them, and and, mm-hmm. and he didn't like it. He didn't like the um, how the the they came here, and they were kind of like telling telling them what to do. Uh, he because he saw that he took advantage of you know that the the let's say that someone ladies and someone mm-hmm. women. He, he even saw that as when they were coming in all dressed up and they were like, you know, giving the orders. So he's, he's smart. He knew that. Some of the, some of the Matais that were older than him, they didn't know better. They were like looking and they were like, oh, wow. They were, they were amazed with the things they brought and all that. But Grandpa wasn't. Grandpa was 27 years old, but he was no, he, he saw into that. Like he was a smart guy, so um, he was he was he was like the um, you know the the go to guy between the uh, the Palangis and the and the um, the Atoali'i only because he understood what they were saying and he could you know tell them what what the um, what the Samoans wanted to to say. The term Palangis used by Mrs. Matau refers to the U.S. Americans. Tsuyasu Sopo acted as a bridge and translator between the U.S. Americans and American Samoa citizens because he was one of the few Samoans that were able to speak English at the time. Tsuyasu Sopo was well-read, and coupled with his position as High Orator Chief, he gained the respect of both American Samoa citizens and U.S. Americans. This relationship helped further his efforts to put Samoan culture in government and Samoan people in leadership positions. So, so that is, that is, to me, that is mostly why you see the pictures. He's always the representative going to, to, to talk to the Palangis to, to, you know, to communicate what, what, what the old man wanted because they didn't understand the Samoan language. And plus he, he wanted to be, 
he's one of those um, leaders that wants to be um, on top of mm. things. Yeah. He was, um, um, I read somewhere that he's one of those, um, like, like during the formal time, the legislatures, he wants to read, he wants to personally read every agenda. Like he, he's not one of those, uh, okay, you know, like he wants, he, he, he's very thorough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and, um, you know, and I guess that's why he was also part, um, you know, like present at everything during his time is because he knew, he understood the language and um, and and he's just one of those people that 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 hands on. He doesn't want to just hear, uh, you know, just any word. You know, agreements has to be on paper. You know, that kind of person. During Grandpa's time, maybe it was so because according to what I read, he was. It was hard. Grandpa was. It was hard trying to get our Samoan people to agree to him, to what he sees, to what he sees is happening. Um, because, you know, our people too were, were, were simple people. So they liked it where they liked how it was, you know, mm-hmm. and, 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 and then uh, they didn't care for outside, you know, coming in. They, they weren't, they weren't thinking like, like grandpa. So grandpa had a hard time. Toyosa Sopo was on the political scene lobbying and negotiating on both sides with U.S. Americans and American Samoa citizens for over two decades. It began in 1932 with his desire for Samoans to have more political power, to 1948 when he was appointed the first Speaker of the House in the first legislature, and into the mid-1950s where he further pursued full rule, real self-government for American Samoa. He he accepted the government coming in because he he saw that there's good in it that that um you know there's a, there's they they brought things to improve their way of life and how they do things but he he wanted to make sure that that we are there 100% you know with with our traditional ways and stuff like that he wanted to to take his 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 culture with him into this new you know, form of government coming in. And, and I think it worked. It's still working. It's still there up until now. Tuyosa Sopo was motivated to keep Samoan culture intact and to see Samoans in American Samoa government to ensure the safety and security of his people and culture. The intent and motivation is admirable. And the fact that the culture is so heavily influential and incorporated in government today says that Tuyosa Sopo's efforts were a success. So when the community suffers over time under leadership that was thought to be the most beneficial to the people, an analysis of the application of cultural values and practices in place is appropriate. One concept in particular that guides a lot of thought and practice in Samoan culture is this idea of teoleva. Teoleva means to care for and nurture the space, both literal space, such as physical land, and figurative space between people and in relationships. The significance of Teoleva is captured by Dr. Kaili's explanation of the Tava theory. What is reality made up of? And, um, and in the Tava theory, uh, the answer is that reality is uh, based on Ta and Ba or time and space or temporality and spatiality. Mm-hmm. That those are the two, um, you know, Everywhere in reality, you'll find that that is the the two component that makes up 
uh, what realities, um, you know, we, we live in, in, in a space, uh, you know, whether it's cyberspace or a physical space, our bodies are space, but at the same time, um, you know, they are also marked by time. Uh, every space has a temporal or time component to it. So you can think of, of everything that you know mm -hmm. um, has that dimension, that that's the, the, the basic dimension or the fundamental dimension of reality is uh, time and space or ta and ba. All, all cultures have time and space, mm -hmm. but um, we arrange or configure them in different ways. So for example, uh, people in, um, in the Mwananui or Oceanian culture, mm -hmm. uh, the past is considered to be in front um, and the future is behind us. And so we're sort of uh, focusing on the past and moving backwards into the, into the future. And other culture may have a different orientation of time and space. So um, that's, that's one way to, to think about it from, from that, from that uh, viewpoint. An example of moving forward into the future by facing the past are the Matai titles in the Matai system. For every Matai title in mm -hmm. the Samoan culture, there's it's it's a name, and then you know everybody carries the name. With Tuya Sopo, Tuya Sopo, Tuya Sopo, then there's another Ngautiuti, 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 yeah. and then the, there has to be that one person that is selected or chosen by the entire Tuya Sopo family to be the Matai to lead them. Yes, you know, to represent them. In in the Samoa, you have to. You have to be the uh, to select one of these three Asosopo brothers to be the leader of your of your family. Mm -hmm. So yeah, um, to carry the 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 name the Matai title. That's that's basically what the Matai is. It's it's just the, the chosen one to lead your family into the future. The Matai title belongs to the family. Therefore, when a Matai is chosen, they take on the family name, which is the family title. When the Matai, the person passes on, another member of the family will be selected to take on the title. It is not about the chief, the person. It is about the chief's position and leadership of the family. The title has been passed down through generations and will continue to be passed on. So when it comes to Teoleva, Nurturing relationships has more to do with it than just being between two individuals. When someone accepts a Matai title that has been passed down through generations, and they sit in the village circle among other Matai, they are sitting in a circle that has been in relationship for generations and will continue to be in relationship for future generations. All relationships are viewed this way, both new and old. You are to care for and nurture the space and bond in all of your relationships because they extend beyond the present. If the community continues to suffer after being under so many different leaders who culturally value and apply Teoleva, why then does Teoleva not seem to be working for the people? I explore this question further in the next episode. Get some cash, boy.